Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to Jurassic Minutes, the Dominion edition, <laughs> coming to you June uh, 2022. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this special episode, we are, of course, discussing Dominion. We've both seen it now, so we can have a little bit of a chat about it. Uh, full spoilers will be coming, so just be aware of that. And uh, we're going to have a little discussion, too, about what's next for Jurassic. But before we get to that, David, heading over to our mailboxes, um, you've got some stuff on the way. Mm-hmm. I got the um, Maisie young adult book off the grid and I've unfortunately not had time to actually sit down and read it between last weekend being Father's Day weekend and um, just work in general it's prime days coming up so of course everything's busy at work speaking of prime I got the prime one Carnotaurus figure in as well the figure sculpt itself is very nice I really enjoy the um the sculpt of it, the paint could be quite a bit better, mostly because some of the detailing and stripes look like look like they're trying to go for a pattern, but it just kind of kind of comes out of squiggles instead. Mm-hmm. The bases, though, I do like that they went with um, like a Isla Nublar shaped base, that's, so that's kind of cool. Oh, nice. So now that um, you've got that in hand, seeing the sculpt and um, to a lesser extent the paint on it. I imagine you're still excited to see what they're about to do with the, the two Rexes and the M-Class set. Or is that Iron Studios? I think that might be Iron oh, Studios. Okay. <laughs> I do know that. that Prime 1 does have the Giganotosaurus coming up as well. In the same scale, I believe, 138. I did pre-order that, and I'm starting to realize I don't... I'm starting to run out of room for statues now. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, the sculpt is really nice. The texturing, the fine details and all that is very nice. It's just the the squiggly paint on the thighs I'm not entirely sold on. Mm. Yeah. I even the um the Spinosaur statue they released with the the crash plane set like that looks pretty spot on too and if I had the money I would have it cuz love or hate the film it's a pretty iconic scene in the franchise but um at least, uh, at least you're happy with it anyway in the end. Mm-hmm. I've also um, recently reordered... I'm not reordered. I recently ordered the um, repl- uh, replica a friend of mine showed uh, to me of Nedry's Hawaiian shirt. Because <laughs> I actually saw a company on Facebook. I got a Facebook ad for this company that was making them, except then they stuck Nedry's face all over the design, I'm like, oh. you went there, and then you completely <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and so, then a friend, Rob Miranda showed me the, um, uh, or 
send me a link to a version that thankfully does not have the faces all over. <laughs> no Newman faces all over. I wonder if that was custom back in the day or if it was just an off-the-shelf thing that they no longer make anymore. I imagine it's probably an elf off-the-shelf kind of thing just because it's just... It doesn't look like something they I mean, they would have um, really gone through the trouble to make unlike something like something iconic like Grant's hat or something like that. Mm. I'd laugh if it was just something that he had in his closet. What's that? I'd laugh laugh if it was just something he had in his closet and wardrobe said, oh, we (laughs) picture you going on holidays to Costa Rica. (laughs) Well, like his his shirt and pants were off the the rack items. The boots came from, or were specifically Walmart. Yeah, okay. That's right, though. Again, an iconic piece of clothing that... um, you get spotted out in the wild that people are going to know exactly what, what or who you're trying to be. Mm. Yep. And this last one is the one I'm most excited for. I won at auction one of the original Stan Winston Studio Raptor animatronic eyes. Was that the prop store auction that just happened? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. That's, I that's paid fantastic. a pretty penny for it, but it's mine. <laughs> wow. Is it... Is it still control? What I didn't see, I didn't have a good look at the catalog for the Jurassic stuff. But is it just the eyeball, or is it the eye socket as well? Or? It's just the ball itself. It doesn't have any of the mechanics. It has a hole. It's like hollow, so it would have has a spot where the mechanics would have uh, swiveled it. But it's otherwise, it's it's just the uh, hollow painted eye. Wow. The nice. <laughs> auction claimed it was a reference eye, but I was looking over some of the um, items that I know had been referenced, uh, reference eyes, and some of the animatronic eyes themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly sure it was one of the final eyes that was used actually in the on the animatronic itself, and not not a paint reference. Mm. Well, we're in the day and age too with Twitter and Facebook and the internet there. You could most likely reach out to Stan Winston School and um, and most likely have someone still there that worked on it and they, they could say, hey, yeah, that's that's <laughs> I made that and tell you exactly what it is. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool being uh, being able to look over the photos that I have of the animatronic heads. These behind the scene photos where it's just like the head kind of laying there on a on a workbench and being able to zoom in onto the eyeball. And comparing it to the eye that I just won at auction and being like, yeah, I don't think that's a reference. I think that's the actual eye. Because <laughs> the details on it, there's actually, we have photos of the some of the paint test eyes that they did. And the it's not just a straight sculpt. This is a glass, or not, well, I'm not sure if it's glass or if it's resin. I have to recheck the auction description. But it's the actual kind of, for intents and purposes, glass eye look with the smoothed over uh, dome and all the little texturings and stuff like that. That it's definitely more intricate than if it was just a test mm-hmm. item. Yeah, yeah. Did it did it come with any sort of um, base or or is it just in a in a I, box? It hasn't actually arrived yet. Oh, okay. But, yeah, like I said, this is one of the things that is en route. But I'm excited to get it. I'm going to buy a little shadow box for it and display it. 
along with my Spinosaurus tooth. It's it's one thing having prop replicas and that sort of thing. Like I got a Cryocan and um, Hammond's cane and that sort of stuff, and it's good to have that stuff mm-hmm. in your display to say, well, this is a representation of what they might have used or might have done on screen. But to have something that was actually used in production, um, I've I've looked at some and, of the auctions from time to time, but I I can't have anything that nice, as I've said many times before. <laughs> um, there's there's sort and of and to be able to actually screen match it. Yeah, yeah, and there's sort of a. There is somewhat a responsibility as a collector too. If you if you are going out and buying this sort of stuff, you want to be able to make sure it's looked after and that sort of thing. And house fires, natural disasters, and that sort of thing aside, when you live in a house like mine, it's always prone to dust and <laughs> children <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, I, I much prefer having the uh, the replica stuff that way. I know what it is. I know um, I can touch it. You can use it. That sort of stuff. But but great man, I can't I can't wait to see some photos. <laughs> This is definitely going in the um, in a display case. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> we'll have to go to the um, aquarium shop or something to get some fake ferns or something just to drape around it. Yeah, that's an idea. See if you can see if you can make a, a mock socket up or something just to make it look like the raptor looking through a fern. Yeah. Anyway, you'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right now, I just I have on Amazon saved a um, just like one of those acrylic baseball uh, displays. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, even something like that that's that's small, easy. Again, in case of a fire, you can grab it on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> that that old uh, conundrum: what do you grab if your house on fire? Which we never want to see. But wow, oh, that's good, great work, nice, nice pickup. Um. I can't really back that up. I haven't really purchased anything this month, um, but I was digging through one of my closets and found an old folder from uh, 1997 back when I was in high school. And I know, like, some people downloaded the internet <laughs> pretty much and printed every page I come across. There's stuff in here, um, the whole Lost World viral marketing site, the the InGen employee, employee handbook, all that sort of stuff's in here, um, all printed out. And interesting nice. as well, at the end I've got um, a lot of the uh, newspaper clippings for when The Lost World come out, the uh, the full page, something that survived logo. Unfortunately, none of it's in colour, which is a shame, but just some of the newspaper clippings. America's number one record-breaking film, uh, The Lost World, is vintage Spielberg. It is a fantastic adventure ride with the most spectacular effects, above all, a great fun. So, <laughs> critics loving a film back in the day. <laughs> um Unlike what we got for Dominion when it hit, hit the movie theaters, but there's some production stuff too, like the um, that classic uh, M class um, in the field that we got on the front of the the, the Snap model set, titled "The Star Is Born." M class revealed in style in Spielberg's new blockbuster, and just all that sort of stuff. The back of the popcorn bucket I had that um, you went a trip for four to Jurassic Park the ride, <laughs> which back in the day. Um, Five Apple Macintosh uh, Performer 5260 computers to give away. <laughs> that <laughs> goes to show um, you can win an Atari or a, a Sega Saturn, 10 Sega Saturns to give away too. So it's just great looking back on uh, some of the marketing that happened for the Lost World um, and being reminded of that. But that's all I can really talk about for my new acquisitions. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember putting together those. Um... Like I'm not really sure what you, like a I guess you call them collage boards. When I was a kid, I have one that 
was I put together with a bunch of different dinosaur clippings regarding um, Jurassic Park related articles that came out in the 90s. And then I also have one for, um, or that I did in college with like a bunch of different fan made Jurassic Park Island maps. <laughs> <laughs> well, then at the very back of the folder, too, there's a whole section which is pretty much a Lost World novel. Um, the map from the front, then just pretty much photocopied any. Any email, any reference that RV gets out of Levine's engine computer, and then the the, um, the 3D graphic stuff we get at the end of the novel and gas station, just all that printed out so it was on hand, <laughs> so I wasn't carrying my novel around everywhere, but, and enlarged a little bit, but um, yeah, good, good little nostalgic fun. Nice. John, the kind of control you're attempting is... Uh... It's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. We're here to discuss Dominion mainly. Um, I suppose before we get to it, uh, congratulations is in order for a friend of the show and contributor to Jurassic Dash Media. Uh, Matt Sickleclaw um, had one of his tweets featured on one of the Dominion posters upon its release, uh, one of his Twitter comments. It's, I suppose it's one one of those grails for a lot of fans to uh, not only be um, referenced by Universal, but um, to have your name put to put to a poster like that, and it's, it'd be a good little thing to have on the wall just um, to look back on, even though he's not leaving the internet. <laughs> but um, I'm sure I'm sure Matt's very happy with. Uh, what he was able to achieve there. <laughs> yeah, he's really excited about that. I heard that he said he's considering framing it, <laughs> which I have to say is pretty cool. Hmm. Yep. I can only say that I'm guessing that my comment was a little, little bit more risque. <laughs> they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, screw the critics. The movie was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I could have just screwed the critics, <laughs> got rid of that part. <laughs> um, but no, that was, that was good work. Um, uh, right, yeah. Thoughts on the film overall? Um, I wasn't a big fan of it. There's parts I liked. We mentioned going into it when we got the trails and that, when people did start to see it, the, the whole, it's not great, but it's okay. And that those sort of comments, um, I can see what they're talking about, <laughs> about now. I should mention, and I did mention it back on the last news show, that... Uh, they released a novelization here a week before the film's release, so I was able to pick that up from a local retail store and read um, read the novelization first, which does have a lot or a few more things in it, and I can see some of those things that are in it where the 14, 15 minutes extra Colin said is going to be an extra extended scene. Um, I'll get back to them a little bit later, but some of those things might make the, um, the film a little bit more... I won't say easy to understand, but a bit more coherent. But um, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and shit talk the film. There's no. That's not going to achieve anything. I think we should talk about some of the good stuff. Dave, you. What did you think of the film? As I said, screw the critics. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's we we talked. I've I've been talking with people as well that enjoyed the film. That's you look back at any of the previous films. I just read earlier a quote from a critic saying how good Lost World is, but there was a lot of them saying it's bad, and even to this day, a lot of critics saying it's the worst, the worst um, Spielberg film, and um, he should never have tried to do a sequel. But we, we I'm know. Sorry, have they seen AI? 
<laughs> well, we know, and and you should um, you should know that critics are there to do a job. If they're a bit risque, they might get more attention or whatever else. But um, leave it to the fans. Let the, let the fans sort of know, let you know what the film's going to be like and that sort of thing. Um, even then, if there's some likes and dislikes. From what I seem to gather from the critics, um, from the critics, kind of consensus was that a it wasn't the first movie, which is like no kidding. It's the first movie. It was lightning in a bottle with like five years of prep work for it. Mm-hmm. So, and B is not art house cinema, which is like okay, but Jurassic Park's not supposed to be that in the first place. It's just shut up and munch your popcorn and enjoy the movie. <laughs> You're not gonna get the green book out of this. Don't look for the green book. This is this is not art house cinema. This is not gonna be. When people are like, "Oh, but the writing is so bad," I'm like, "I'm like, okay, but remember that Jurassic Park got its Oscar in visual effects, not writing." Mm. And that's this this. It frustrates me so much where critics or, or or people that air quotes say they're fans of the franchise but only like Jurassic Park and nothing that come after and are verbal about this, there shouldn't have been sequels and that sort of thing. We've discussed it before. There's aspects of Jurassic Park that aren't aren't much better than what happens in the sequels as well. There's some there's some ball drop drops happening just because of the adaption again needing to fill in some things from the novel and that and I, I found the same thing with Dominion a lot of um, a lot of stuff in it If I'd, I'd love to talk to someone that's never read the novel before and, and ask them what did they think or who did they think Lewis Dodson was or Bison but we'll come back to that later it's it's a shame that the trilogy seems so planned out but stuff like Charlotte coming in now when she should have should have been or could have been just name dropped in the previous film um, previous movie, we had to have the the whole second go at a news bulletin at the start just to drop the exposition of who's what, referencing Jurassic Park and that sort of thing, just so we know where we are. We we're here to um, get the nostalgia stuff going. You say that it's planned out, but honestly, I'm gonna say that I don't think it was. At least, I mean, there seemed to be a general idea of what Trevorrow and company wanted to do with the, with this trilogy, but it's like they let too much influence or they let too much criticism influence the movies. Mm. Like they were setting up the algorithm for biggest profit versus being actually good. Like, for instance, when people didn't like the Claire running around with the uh, <laughs> heels or the way Zara seemed to die so disproportionately. And so they took that criticism and so, okay, no more and no more protagonists can die. And now we're going to make sure we focus on the fact that Claire's not wearing heels anymore. <laughs> and it's like, that's not the problem with the movie in the first place. And it's like they're just taking the wrong criticisms to heart and changing these movie, changing the movies or the next movie based on the criticisms of the previous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And oh, okay. I don't think they should have sacrificed the story 
for profits is what I is honestly what I feel like they kind of did. And I'll say this is that there's one thing I always respected out of George Lucas was he made the movies he wanted to make and damn what the fans thought. He didn't care if they griped and moaned about Jar Jar. He made the movies he wanted to make. And there are so few directors these days that get to do that. Hmm. But it's a shame too, like in a recent... Um paraphrasing a recent um, interview with Colin they asked him how much you know how much sort of um, interaction uh, meddling whatever you want to call it from Universal does as in a film and he's, he's pretty much come back and said well they've never told him no to something that he's wanted to do on screen which again mm-hmm. tells me this is all Colin um, as you're saying before about story and that again and the critics again you look at Fast and the Furious all sorts of them fun popcorn movies, even Transformers to a lesser extent, they're going to make the money. It's it's how much effort you put into the film to make it make sense, um, have a decent story, that sort of thing. Because, of course, this film was going to make money. It's it's doing pretty well at the box mm-hmm. office now, even a post-COVID world. Um, it was going to make the money anyway. Why not, have, why not take a little bit of extra time and work on that story and get it... Um, get it up a little bit but um... now for me the thing that I did like about Dominion was the fact that it felt the most like the first two Spielberg movies to me mm-hmm. the production design was there the way the sets were built the look of the movie the general visual flair was definitely there and the heart of the story being about uh, corporation abusing science for their own benefit and that seemed to be a very, very Crichton-esque story. This seemed like a movie Crichton would have wrote, written, even if it is Jurassic Park. I've seen comments the, the whole Locust plotline is directly lifted from a chapter in the novel. Um, it must be where I did. I haven't read the chapter myself um, to find out, but um, it must be Dodson talking to someone at Biosyn about, um, about how, what they can achieve if they get the in-gen research. Um, and speaking of Dodson, the characterizations were very well done. A lot of people were like, well, Dodson's not this super villain. Like, he's not supposed to be. The re- in reality, the villain, the CEO, isn't some mustache twirling, uh, kind of going off on a monologue like Hoskins does. No, they're the guy who sits there and waits for, and, uh, makes tiny little microaggressions that eventually get you pissed off enough to yell at them and then they feel they look justified in firing you mm. and basically he he doesn't kill you he just removes you from the equation and that's what he did to malcolm is that he just kept kind of like picking at picking 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 at malcolm until he finally he just blew up at him and he's like you're fired get out <laughs> give me uh, give me my roasted peanuts while you while, on your way out <laughs> and your bracelet <laughs> if you still got it <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's yeah, and it's that's that comes back to the novel character and the, what we get in the first Jurassic of being completely different. In the novel, yeah, he's a ruthless, a ruthless bastard. But in the movie, the little scene we get of him, he's sort of flighty, he's nervous, he's trying to disguise who he is. Um, I don't see that original um, character played by um, Cameron Four as being the same Dodson as the novel. Now, of course. A lot of the stuff we we need to look at the novel to fill in who 
Dodson is and that sort of stuff here going into Dominion. Um, same with Biosyn. There's no real... Every time someone says the name Biosyn in Dominion, it's Biosyn. It's, it's like with this Venom about how bad they are, but we don't... All we really get is the suspicion, and we know because we've read the novel, yes, of course, Biosyn's made these locusts to eat the crops. It's, <laughs> it's what they do. I will say that the locust storyline... And some people might not like this. I kind of wish they doubled down on that and kind of showed a little bit more focus on in connection to how Biosyn is basically doing this for profits. And that's pure and simple. Is That's all it needs to be. Because I feel like some people have stated that Dodson's and Biosyn's goal endgame wasn't exactly clear. But for me... I'm more familiar with the idea of Monsanto. Everybody's aware they're an agricultural company that produces genetically engineered seeds that they then patent and have in the past, for instance, sued sued farmers who, when when the seeds accidentally cross-pollinate, they say, oh, you stole our property. So biosyn engineering locusts that only eat non-biosyn corn basically makes Biosyn look like a less evil Monsanto. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this is definitely has a lot more real world implications than say just dinosaurs uh, eating your flower garden. Hmm. Well, and and that's the thing you could have had. um, We're here to see the dinosaurs, dinosaur movie. Why why can't we just have the, the herds of herbivores, strip graze and the join as they move move west or migrate and that sort of thing they're easy to stop really if if they want to stop them um my only issue with the locust plot line one yes we need this for the i'll i'll say the geriatric cast or the legacy cast to do because you're not going to have alan grant on a motorbike in malta getting chased by atrociraptors i just that they, they mentioned that there's cryptaceous dna in them but i don't know what i got to be so damn big <laughs> Um, if, if you've seen what a swarm of locusts do to crops and that when they're still itty bitty normal size ones maybe you can go a little bit bigger but the fact they go so big and then they have no impact physical impact even though they're CG on the world when they all start coming out of the the, the crops when the kids are out there the crops are just there if, if that many locusts were in that crop all that grass would be trampled um, same as the um, in the lab as well, where you just got these little furrows of grass, a couple of feet square, and there's two million locusts in there the size of footballs. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people complain that yeah, there's locusts in here when it should be the dinosaur movie, but um, I um, think it was needed. It was a good part and a good way of showing how evil Bison mm-hmm. is. Um, we might just, uh, before we move into the characters specifically, um, just in expanding the Jurassic world, I, um, we know from Fallen Kingdom, they wanted to destroy Sauna and Nublar, get them off the table. So the dinosaurs are out in the real world. We get a sort of a little scene at the start with all the news broadcasts of how dinosaurs are interfering. We get the battle at Big Rock stuff back again, which was great to see in a bit better detail. Still funny seeing that girl chased around by compies and still nail-biting seeing that car coming out of the tunnel as a stegosaur on the road and they go <laughs> off the um, off the cliff. But um, good little thing there. And then we get the little bit at the back, but there's not a lot of dinosaurs being a pain in the real world. 
and apart, we get sort of mainland America and Malta, and then all of a sudden we're back in a isolated valley in an isolated research facility where handful handful people have to survive. And you look back, a lot of people, when you get away from dinosaurs on islands, end of the lost world, a lot of people hate the San Diego sequence. Um, a lot of people hate the start of Jurassic Park 3 where we've got Grant and Ellie and all that at the start on the mainland, even though that's mainly because of Grant and not with Ellie. And then Fallen Kingdom where you're back at Lockwood Manor. It seems, for the most part, fans prefer the repetition of being on the island with dinosaurs. <laughs> and now we're going to have a film that's completely void of that, yet we've got to replicate it at the end just to, again, have that isolation... Um, isolation and sort of tension of a, a small group having to survive mm-hmm. in dinosaur populated areas but well the thing with the islands is that you keep these animals there's only so many times you can basically go to the island before you're just like well why the hell do people keep going to this dinosaur island with the killer dinosaurs like you'd think they'd avoid that by now <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it gets repetitive after Two movies, I get. I get three yeah. movies. Yeah, true. And you're at. We're at a point where I, where I kind of wish that Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom had been the fourth movie, and we just gotten to this point sooner. Because I mean, as much as I love the islands, there's a lot more storytelling potential without them. Mm. And I know we're probably gonna get some heat for that one, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. There's so many stories that can be done with animals or with dinosaurs out free being invasive in our um, in our ecosystem and not just like environmental movies, but I'm talking horror movies, hunting movies, action movies, dramas. I mean, there's just so much more potential here than I think people realize. And I think that now that the trilogy is over, I'm almost afraid that they're going to wait too long to capitalize on that momentum. Mm. Well, it's just, it's a shame. Other, other franchises have the same thing. Star Wars has the same thing. When the moves are made so many years apart um, and tell, tell a singular story at that time, often they might include or not include things that have happened in that gap. Some things you want to know, some things you don't. Um, all of a sudden in Force Awakens you've got old Luke at the very end well you've got no idea what he's done between that and Revenge of the, Return of the Jedi same with this it's been four years since the Lockwood incident we get a brief bit of info at the start about the incident and some things there that people, I don't know how the world knew or gets told about Maisie if it's not Dolores, whatever the, the housekeeper is because everyone else that knew about her, apart from Wu, died in the film. Um, and, of course, Owen and Claire got to take her. They took her, <laughs> as they said. But <laughs> we'll continue on. Um, let's have a quick look at the returning characters slash animals. We, we talk, oh, I talked again after the trailers. I wanted a, a good reason why this legacy cast were coming back and participating. Love Malcolm. I think he was, the, he was the standout for me in the film. <laughs> Loved his... Oh, um, definitely. Back to being the classic Malcolm. I, I mentioned last time, too, I, I much prefer the beardless Malcolm. And here he's... I think he was back to back to where he was supposed to be. 
I did like also like that they kept in mind that Malcolm has this temperament to him that <laughs> makes him difficult to work with. <laughs> and he kind of, ha- I mean, he's calm all through the moment, but like once he's free of Dobson's finger, he's, he just, he's like a spring. He just springs right back up at him, calling him a rapacious rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved it. That is, that is, that is such a Malcolm thing to say. And you think back to the original film, really, it was only the, the helicopter flight to the island and the initial part of the tour where Grant and the others were all together. Once the T-Rex breakout happens, they're split up. Just having mm-hmm. Grant, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that sort of thing when he's talking to Ellie and that sort of thing. It's um, It was just great fun. I suppose we should touch on Grant too. <laughs> Crotchy old Grant. I loved it. I don't think he was trying to hide his New Zealand accent. There was a few times there where I could clearly hear it. It's just a shame. We got Ellie with the um, was the baby in the Pseudoceratops at the the um, wildlife depot or the yeah yeah the baby in a trunk there. We got the little scene with Ellie um, there. I would have loved if they just put Grant and Ellie on the same plane as the T Rex to go to the sanctuary, and he just had two minutes with the T Rex just. Hello, old girl. You've caused me some strife over the years, um, both on Jurassic and Nightmares or whatever else. Um, and just have a little moment like that, I, I would have liked too, because really they don't see each other until the final, the final battle. Interestingly, you do see uh, Rexy on the plane earlier in the movie. It's kind of like a blink and you miss it kind of cam- kind of thing. Where I think it's the scene where Rain is talking to Dobson. And you can see her on the plane behind him, mm. being loaded up. Yeah, well, they get... Um, she, she's being loaded up on the plane at the same area spot as what Grant and Ellie are catching the, the other jet to the sanctuary. And when they do land, um, I think it's Ramsey saying, oh, yeah, the T-Rex, she just landed just before you, um, or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. like, Grant's the T-Rex. <laughs> so he knows it's there from those lines, but... Yeah. Ellie, again, I, I did like seeing all the original three back. I don't, still don't understand why she was even involved in the Locust Swarm to begin with. Um, she took some time off to discover paleo insects as well. That I don't entirely understand either. Because in the first movie, she's a paleobotanist. Mm. But that doesn't exactly translate to modern agricultural research. Because <laughs> <laughs> she says that she when she got back in into things that she was working with agri- uh, studying the impacts of mega farms and I'm like I'm not sure if paleobotany translates that way yeah okay <laughs> and then when she turns up to the farm she's got a couple of interns there which I thought she was there because it'd been reported to the the prehistoric wildlife mm-hmm. oh she was there because the the owner of the farm had reported that the locusts had eaten all her crops, oh, okay. but not the next door neighbor's crops who was, who uses biosyn seed. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> again, rewatching the, the film again. And that over time where um, this stuff's going to become more clear. So, uh, Owen and Claire, they obviously had to come back on, doing all the stunts and that, Claire being a bit more action-heavy as well in a lot of scenes, especially Malta. I'd, I'd nearly wish she'd been given this film to direct with what she's been doing on Star Wars and that. 
I just I prefer her behind the camera and not in front of it, <laughs> um, to be as polite as I can. Um, Maisie, I would have thought after four years, she'd been locked up with Owen and Claire. She may have lost the accent a little bit, but there's still a lot of British <laughs> in that. Um... Honestly, it almost feels like her accent got heavier somehow, mm. which, I mean, I suppose you could chalk up to Isabella's sermon. She's English, and so, of course, she's living at home in England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, it's, you think, okay, she's four years out from Iris constantly correcting her American English, <laughs> and she's got a heavier accent? Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Owen, Chris Pratt is just kind of the, to me, he's like the generic kind of snarky action hero, and it it gets tiring. We're seeing him play the same role in every movie. I'll be honest. Claire, I do agree that I hope she starts spending some more time behind the camera because she's a great director. She's going to be like her father, I think. Mm-hmm. She's a good actress, but honestly, I think her directing work outpaces her acting work. Yeah, I just. They keep making her or making her do these sort of action scenes, and I just don't. I don't see it. <laughs> um, I will say her better work has always been with drama. Like, for example, The Help. Yeah, yep. And yeah, as far as, like, again, like, we get we get him on the horse this time instead of the motorbike riding amongst the paras, and of course they've got to play the, the theme from Jurassic World as well. They're <laughs> just doing all... Here I am complaining about doing all the same stuff again when I said earlier <laughs> I wanted to do the same stuff again. <sighs> putting, putting the hands up. A lot of people commented about putting the hands up. Everyone's putting the hands yeah. up to... to is, how universal is that, really? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Um, just on Maisie, I am I am glad we did finally get a bit of the backstory about what she is, how she come to be. Um, the whole Charlotte Lockwood of it all. It just... It's answers, and it's asking a whole lot more questions. So we see in the video, she was created around the 2007 mark, which... Okay, we we originally thought the the cloning of her was what drew Lockwood and Hammond apart, but no. So what what was that? She was she was at Jurassic Park when you see she visited. Um, she'd been working in the labs on Sauna, which for some reason they designed to be exactly the same as Jurassic Park again. Yeah, that was one of the set. That was like the only set design I did not care for was the lab on Sauna. Mm. I'm like. It's as it almost you you look at it and I can say this because I have copies of them, but it looks like they took old schematic set schematics out of the archives and just built them from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, right down to the staircase outside those big round windows leading up to the hatchery yes. the clean area. It just yes, <laughs> thank you. And it's just like really you couldn't have put a little bit more unique flair to this it even has the carved motifs in the um pillars like what use is this in a functioning lab we we mentioned that when the that's first set photo or that photo come out of the sauna crate it's mm-hmm. it's identical to new blow every way it's lit differently and that's why we thought maybe okay this is the this is the flashback we're going to get of either embryos being taken by dodson or the crate or something um mm-hmm. Granted, we didn't see the actual labs on Sauna. We only seen the hatchery side of things. And we've talked 
with the Lost World and that where sometimes, yes, you're going to get construction teams in, they're going to sort of share the same architecture, the egg motif on the operation building's doors, that sort of thing. But generally, everything we've seen on Sauna, construction-wise, there's some little uh, familiar or crossovers, but nothing, as nothing compared to an exact room. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's a difference between, like, having a shared architectural style and a complete recreation visually. And this is definitely the latter. And I just can't, I can't abide it, you know? I don't know, I don't know if they just, the site they dropped was just purely to keep fans happy about Sauna. It could have just been Nublar. Just say she was working in the lab at Nublar, even though it was something for the tourist. She could have been in there working while Wu was doing whatever on Sauna with the eggs and that. But it's just a couple of little details like that. We see in the picture book, um, Charlotte standing at the Jurassic Gates. Wrong location. We we, mm-hmm. we know we've got a similar shot with, I don't know if it's Ellie or a stump double, double standing in front of the gates, one of the behind-the-scenes shots with her arms crossed. Um, and you can clearly see there how the tour road's supposed to go through the gates and up a bit and turns where it's just... the the visit At the start where we get the exposition dump about Jurassic Park and that we get a shot of his visitor centre abandoned with grass growing up over it. Where five years ago, six years ago, you specifically made the choice to make that visitor centre completely overgrown, undistinguishable. Well, I imagine that file photo was a bit earlier than the image we see of it in Jurassic World. That's at least at least that's what I took from it. Well it'd have to be the ninety four expedition a year later or something. Um, yeah. But it's still out in the open. There's still no trees near it. <laughs> it's just Yeah, anyway. <laughs> of course, well, that's yeah. Because it's a behind the scenes pan up that we got it from the camera that they digitally touched touched up. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to speak of the Barbasol candle. We'll return to that with Camp, <laughs> Camp Cretaceous. And we'll do on the nose for you. <laughs> well, I, I don't mind it, but again, we've had two separate sources of media that have been said to be canon where it's been destroyed. So it's... Anyway. Well, arguably it's not destroyed this time. It's just sitting in some random service tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 surely at this point it's only a memento of what they'll trying to achieve in the 90s like the amber mines and not still with with um, DNA in them. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. Wu's back. Um, I don't know why did they keep on calling him Dr. Wu four years after being stripped of his credentials. That really irked me several times where they call him Dr. Dr. Wu, Dr. Henry. <laughs> just I, I don't know how he could have got his credentials back. I don't know if he can just go to a different country and get them back. <laughs> um, I... And honestly, not entirely sure how that works either, but I didn't even actually notice that they were calling him Dr. Wu. I'll have to pay attention to that next time I see it. Specifically at the very end where he's walking in the crop, um, whoever the news, and I'll, I'll say news, but unlike Fallen Kingdom where we actually get the BBC doing the reports, this the start and end feel like feel like podcast news or something, Some someone doing their own news story, much like the... Uh, the tribute to the Avengers at the start of uh, Far From Home. <laughs> um, I think that's what it was, though. Is yeah. It was like one of those internet news sites. I think now this 
is what it was called, which I believe is yes, a yes, that's real right. internet news site. Yeah, okay, yep, yep. But yeah, specifically at the end there, they call him they call him Doctor Doctor Henry Wu has discovered a way to stop the locusts or something. But um, yeah, um, I'm gonna bunch Barry, Larry, Vivian, Franklin, and Zia all in the one little thing here. Good seeing a couple of them back. Uh, I don't know how working at Jurassic World immediately makes you a candidate for the CIA. Um, <laughs> Barry, maybe if he was some sort of, if he'd done stuff before being there, we knew Owen was military, maybe Barry was sort of in that line of work before, but when when Franklin tells uh, Owen that and shows Barry the photo, he swipes past um, Fra- uh, uh, Larry and Vivian's mugshots as well, so obviously they've been recruited for the CIA, and that's maybe where Larry's... He might have been in the same office as Franklin was, and that's what his um, appearance in the film might have been before he, he left the production. But Well, the office they're a part of is the um, Dangerous Animals uh, Department. Dangerous so. Species Group or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Which, why... Okay, maybe you're not going to have Zia there, but I don't know. There might be more explanation that comes out of that. I can see you being part of that department but not officially CIA or something you mm. know how they have their little shadow groups that could be just a shadow or whatever I suppose it's got to be on the books but well the CIA it does more than just espionage <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of well, in Hollywood all the CIA only ever does espionage but I mean they're basically just an intelligence group that gathers like they'll they're the ones that will gather where for example Bin Laden was hiding was something that the U, that the CIA would have worked on. And I, I think that's the biggest the biggest problem. I'm only looking at them again as I've seen them in movie, in in Colombia, dealing with drug lords and <laughs> all all that sort of stuff. So um, drug lords with raptor guards. <laughs> hey, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, and even even Zia being a, I'm guessing she didn't get a doctorate or anything. When we get to Ellie and Grant flying out, they've got that compound, the depot there for the captured animals. There's clearly veterinarians working on the animals, giving them the check over and all that sort of stuff, brushing brushing the stegosaurus teeth and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing as well. I don't know why Zia couldn't have got a job doing that if she loved the animals so much or if she wanted to be on the front line. Well, apparently Zia and Franklin's cameo would have been much larger in the movie than what it was, but I believe the rescheduling due to the COVID shutdown affected their roles. Okay. Rexy and Blue, when you we'd heard going in that um, they were going to be sidelined a little bit and not big parts of the story. Um, like Blue, Blue got a bit of screen time. I was surprised how little Rexy we got in it. Um, you take that drive-in sequence out of it, the film, we get the little we get the little comment. I think that. When she's captured, it's because of the driving sequence attack. <laughs> and then we get, yeah, two, a, a welcoming fight with the Giganotosaurus halfway through the Sanctuary sequence, and then she's back at the very end, so... I do know that it seems to be a general consensus that cutting out that prologue scene was a bad idea, because it doesn't justify the ending fight between... or Because without it... The ending fight to between Rexy and Giganotosaurus just doesn't seem justified. Mm-hmm. Well, we do get the line when they they first meet. Uh, 
I don't know, I can't remember who comes across, if it's Owen and Claire or if it's the, the other group. Um, two apex predators in the same valley, eventually there's only going to be one, so we know mm. we know that they're going to have to, someone's going to have to take the other out at some point. It might have been Kaylee that said it, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they reintegrate that footage back in, if there's if there's a scene of them actually tranking her um, after the the failed shot that hits the windscreen, or if there's just what we see in the the prelude, and then it just cuts to her being in the, the container, being loaded into the plane. Lastly, the Dilophosaur. I was happy to see it in the trailers. I was glad it was back, but after seeing it, I, I wish it stayed in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't. The whole the whole time they're getting into the, the Hyperloop pod with Dodson, I'm just thinking aliens because of the white environment. They seem to be completely washed of colour. They just seem to be that, that grey-black colour, looking at each other, talking, and then spitting on him. It just, it just reminded me of aliens more. And I don't... I, I miss I miss Stan Winston. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan of a lot of the animatronics in this film. They, I reckon they stood out a lot. Um, jerky motions... The design's been fine, but just there was, I didn't like a lot of it. Uh, see, I thought the dialogues were kind of fine, except for like that first shot of that of the dial officer opening its frill. Yeah, that was the only one that I kind of felt was iffy. Yeah, but for the most part, I was fine with it. They were they were better. I think the, the Dimetrodons in the cave, I sort of noticed as well. But then again, initial watch. I, I was looking out, <laughs> looking out for that stuff. <laughs> looking at the new characters, animals. Uh, we mentioned Kaylee Watts before. Fun, no, no, no nonsense. Um, I could see her in her own film. There's been talk, or but fans have been asking for some sort of side adventure with her involved. Wasn't quite sure about her sudden, about her sudden um, change of heart to help help the other special when she knew it was probably going to. Um, lead her to losing her plane of her plane or dying <laughs> just knowing how much security is at Bison Valley but we need it to happen for plot for plot reasons um, yeah Kayla fan consensus that I, again I agree with that she seems to really carry uh, the moments here that she in the carry arms of the scenes that she's in and I really enjoyed her character I hope that future Jurassic content includes her Hmm. Just the the simple things like again that her and Owen are in the the elevator and the the, the there screaming and trying to get through up in the cage just zap shut up. <laughs> it's 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 stupid little humour, but it just yeah of course. <laughs> and not only not only her role in this film as well. Like I could see her as a Indiana Jones type. I could see her. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> I could see her doing other things as well. So even even just playing that that smuggler. Harrison Ford type, just flying cargo around. Honestly, I gotta say that she takes the kind of she kind of takes the concept of what Owen Grady's character is and does it better. <laughs> well, <laughs> like if you've seen the meme with, from Suicide Squad two, where <laughs> where Idris Elba says he does exactly what I do, and then um, shoot, what was his name? What's his name? Uh, John Cena says, but better. She's John Cena. <laughs> she does exactly what Chris Pratt does. She's the badass ex-military wisecracker and does it better. <laughs> and of course, we should have remem- remo- 
remembered it was Peacemaker because they had a whole series on him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not so much of the Chris Pratt comedy involved in the character, which like was for the benefit. I did love though. She says at the end of the film, Naomi, a new plane, and she just goes and buys the exact same one and puts a two on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get get the money for a plane. You go and buy buy a nice big C five or something. I don't know. Um, you got to upgrade. I know. I know. You probably get um, you probably get accustomed to the old the old flying box car, but um, you can do a little bit better. She likes her box car. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, the character of Ramsey again in the novelization, his role sort of. A bit more, a bit more, a bit more backstory and that sort of thing. I know we'll sort of speculate at the start. He might have been like the Howard King or someone, one of um, Bison's sort of, uh, Dodson's sort of proteges. But I don't, I don't know. I'd have to watch it a couple more times. But he doesn't really seem that memorable, apart from just being a Malcolm fanboy and instigating the um, the leak of uh, what Bison's actually up to there. I think he had good strength, screen presence. I would like to see him have another chance of doing some more things Jurassic as well. So I wasn't completely sold on the character. There seems to be something missing from him, from his character that I can't just, I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, mm. but I know that he had additional, an additional scene with Dodson in the extended version. So I'm thinking I'm going to wait and see what that scene brings to the character yeah. before yeah. I get final judgment. Yeah, I'd I'd have to re re look at the novel again. I can't recall what that scene may have been, um, but I do know uh, in the novelization, Dodson's aware of his treachery a lot earlier. Like as early as early as they discover the the bracelet, Malcolm's bracelet was used for um, Alan and Ellie to get into the lab. So um, interesting, because in the movie he doesn't seem to be aware of it at all until he just kind of refuses to work with him anymore in that, final, in that last scene. But that's the same in the novel too. He, he learns of the treachery, but then keeps him close to see if he's going to put his foot in it. And then I think it's just, again, he, he's going to just, well, I'll, I'll leave him behind or leave him exposed to the dinosaurs and hopefully they get rid of him for me, um, much like he tries to do with Alan and Ellie. So again, I'd have to have to look a bit further into it and yeah, before making a, a judgment on him, but Dodson slash Bison, we've talked a lot about it. There's no... The only real reference, or one little Easter egg we get, is the fact that the amber mines in the valley were, were made or were created, started, back in the early 90s. There's no explanation why. We know as fans, we've read the novels, we know Bison were trying to replicate InGen technology. Radio InGen's getting their dinosaurs from amber, or DNA from amber. Well, we need to find our own mine and start mining it. So we sort of know that, but there's nothing nothing said in the film, no mention that um, no mention of Ingen, nothing nothing to give Bison a mm-hmm. bit of a backstory to be their rivals. And as I said earlier, if you haven't read the novel and know the history of Bison or Dodson, did this need to be Bison and Dodson? This could have could this have just been Manticorp and Fred? I Harry. I think the problem with this movie is that. It's expected to be the last hurrah for a little while. And Trevorrow kind of wanted so many ideas in it at once. He wanted Biosyn and Dodson, and he wanted 
dinosaurs loose in our world, and he couldn't find a way for the two to kind of consolidate each other, so he just had these two different movies going on in one. Hmm. But also, too, we know we know he was made to cut a heap of stuff out, which is why we've got the extra scenes. You start you start adding a lot of this stuff back into the film, and it's going to be a lot longer than what it was. Which I know a lot of fans were hoping for a longer film, but um, well, I know there's an additional 14 minutes in the extended version. That's what Trevorrow said. I want to know if that includes the prologue. I think it might, because if... I think he's that's one of the scenes confirmed to be back in it. Mm. Yeah. Well. We'll see what happens with what happens with that. Uh, quickly, Sonia, Sonia Santos or whatever her name was, mm-hmm. um, a good little action action start. Um, counter for Claire, so Claire's got someone to fight in Malta. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans asking for her own standalone <laughs> series as well, so we'll see what happens with that. Her seemingly taking the, the raptor, the blue research, and doing her own thing with the Atrociraptors was an interesting little take. Uh, you just need to nurture them. You don't need to brood them like, <laughs> like that. So that was good to see. Unfortunately, she didn't have a lot of screen time. And yeah. uh, I suppose lastly, the uh, the new dinosaur casts, I, for the most part, a lot of it, the Ferrazinosaurus I absolutely love. Um, Giganotosaurus I love for the, the minimum scenes it was involved in. Pyroraptor looked good. I don't think there was really any. Again, maybe just the Dimetrodon um, CG, uh, the the uh, animatronic, but I think the, the CG looked great. I love the the whole amber mine stuff and the the uh, the chase, the the stalking through the mines. Again, saw that sort of um, uh, haunted house sort of theme as well. With, um, the old crew trying to escape the tunnels while um, unaware there's something actually hunting them. Yeah, the Demetrodons in the tunnel was it was a good it was a well done scene just because I know so many people that jumped during those scenes. <laughs> oh, poor Alan! I'm surprised he get a concussion when he fell back off that ladder and knocked his head because I felt the the crack <laughs> when he um when he got startled there by that one that roared at him. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the, any of the characters that I, I think I covered everyone there. Um, there was uh, the, I'll say Wrangler, the bad guy from the states that kidnaps the kid, uh, Maisie and the uh, the raptor. I don't think he's really worth mentioning. He's just a generic bad guy, really. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the um, extended version, he has a kind of a mini confrontation with Owen that was uh, in the novelization, but cut from the final movie. That will be in the um that will be in the extended version mm. yes well i've got a couple of things here that that power round uh round up oh yeah, yeah. um it's um we see owen doesn't just wrangle one of the powers they round the whole herd up and as mentioned they do get held up by delacourt and i guess says their bones the bones grind in the powder are worth more than, than what they are alive or something must be obviously to get the DNA, mm-hmm. and Owen, well, Owen. I think it's like holistic medicine they turn it into. Oh, that would not surprise me at all. <laughs> um, but the, he's um he's surrounded Owen and his crew with his men and that, and Owen is going to fight him. But there's an internal monologue that no, he's got more important things at home to look after Maisie and Claire 
so he doesn't he doesn't fight the poach. He just hands the paras over and um, goes home. Where that's completely missing. That was one of the first things that surprised me, knowing this ambush was going to come up, and it's just him sitting in the truck watching him with binoculars, saying, "I think I found the the girl." But it'll be interesting to see those scenes added back in. Um, as I said earlier, Dodson knowing of Ramsey's deception is in there. Uh, when Grant, when Malcolm gets Ellie a coffee, cappuccino, Ellie tells Grant just to get a, get the coffee, just so they can continue their discussion between Malcolm and Ellie under the uh, the sound of the coffee maker making a noise. <laughs> and Maisie complaining to Claire that she only has six DVDs to watch in the cabin when she's getting uh, told off for leaving the cabin. I, I thought that was in the film when I read it. That's why I've been asking people in various groups now what six DVDs. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> if they only had six DVDs to watch forever, what, what would they watch? And people probably thinking, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Star Wars, Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'll throw radio. Well, we'll do it. Um, Empire. I'll go to Lost World over Jurassic Park because I think it's a little bit better, uh, more rewatchable. Um, Tron Legacy, Oblivion, Temple of Doom. Um, what's last? Oh, we'll throw a twister in there. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean? Oh, you mean our movie? No, I was talking about the one she would have. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine would be uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Terminator 2, oh. uh, Jaws, and Twister. So that's, six is so hard. There's there's at least another six I'd put in there as well. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, again, that's where it's better just having someone else give you six or have six movies in the collection, you're just stuck watching them because then you're either going to love them or hate them. <laughs> yeah, so... I suppose briefly you can look at some of the key scenes, plot points. We've talked about the Locust. Uh, Blue's Nest. We've seen the photos of that abandoned bus. Again, we sort of see the outcome of it, but I'd love to know the story of what happened. Was that bus attacked? What We see the side torn out of it, so... Fortunately, there's no bodies <laughs> bodies there when we go inside the nest. Um, that we can see. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, one interesting thing I haven't got listed here from the novelization too. When um, I think when they're sitting around the barbecue, the, the fire pit at night time. Um, in the novel, we actually get a scene with two hunters out trying to hunt a deer, and they're attacked by blue. And we hear the gunshot and screaming, and Owen just sort of looks out. Um, into the forest saying sounds like we've got trouble again or something like that uh, I hope that's included too I hope that is too because that, that would add a really interesting layer that blue is not as call as um, as nice as we have been previously led to believe well surely they're eating more than just white pet rabbits that are <laughs> out in the snow Rabbits like that don't live in nature. I'm sorry. No. I noticed that too, and it, it drove me nuts. I'm like, did this rabbit escape from a lab? Did Owen go out and buy a rabbit to help Blue eat? I was expecting the number to be pain on the back like Lost. Just, just this guy, that pink, the pink-eyed white rabbit. The fox, I understand. But, um, yeah. 
Though I did like how Beta jumped in and attacked a fully grown wolf mm. as uh, after it took the uh, rabbit on her. She's like, well, I'm eating something tonight, whether it's the predator or the prey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 all fair and good for Owen to be there. Um, I think every time Blue arrives or comes to the cabin, he's like, don't move, don't do this, don't do that. Blue's sitting there pretty much screaming at him, and he's always got to try and calm her down. Where this, What happens when he's off doing his roundups on the horse, smelling of horse again, and... Claire or whatever's out oh. chopping firewood. It's the, the danger's not present the like it should be. At the same time, I did love that scene that we got when um May, when Blue encounters Maisie without Owen being there. Like you could feel the tension in that scene. Mm. I, was At least expect, I, I was expecting that uh, Beta to throw the GM toast back at her like. I don't know how, how often this has happened, whether it's a first or... I don't think it was. It, it seemed like it was um, it was a first and Maisie's just making first contact here with, with, with Beta. But, um, well, it was it kind of reminded me of like a mother, mother bear and her cub kind of moment where the cub doesn't know any better. The cub will just come up to you and it might be curious, especially if you feed the, feed the cub. And then there's Mama, and she's she's just gonna tear your face off <laughs> just for standing there. And yeah. I'm like, it's kind of like that kind of oh shit moment. Yep, yep, <laughs> uh, definitely. The power roundup we mentioned before. I would have loved. It's been four years since these animals escaped. Um, we know this many didn't escape from Lockwood Manor, so they're obviously breeding. I would have loved just to see mm-hmm. a little bit different sizes amongst the herd instead of them all being exactly the same. Just throw a baby and maybe a bit bigger one in there just to show a bit of age diversity in the herd but um well interestingly we have we have two different kinds of paras in the scene where you have the classic lost world version and then you have the um this new version that we got that we saw promoted a lot in mm. um like books and stuff and the olympics and stuff where the um the Excuse me. The uh, these ones, I don't know if there's meant to be a new morph, a new um, gender morph, or if because it's not really implied, but it's you can kind of infer that these had been created by a separate company and released into the wild, mm-hmm. or this or they escaped into the wild. Because there's also that breeding that breeding facility we saw, where the Nasutoceratops and the Triceratops were penned up in that field and that kind of made me wonder what are they doing there are they trying to sell triceratops off as um beef or or what well again the novelization pretty much says it when they're in malta in the the underground that people are eating dinosaurs we see people eating in the novel in the movie but i don't think it's referenced Mm -hmm. it they're actually being well, they're not dinosaurs. You see, on one, you will. I think one guy actually was eating something that looked maybe like something like a copy. Mm. That looked, it kind of looked like a roast chicken, but smaller. But they had on the spit these giant lampreys, <laughs> and apparently, I learned this from because I wanted to find out who eats lamprey. But the French consider consider lamprey a delicacy. Okay. Well, even I remember when Jurassic World came out, there were some photos going around of 
pretty much massive turkey legs in the in the packaging and that saying who'd be eating dinosaur. <laughs> are, are they serving dinosaur in Jurassic World? Is Winston serving dino burgers or, or whatever? But um, What do they do with the ones that are dead? Ah, just send it to Winston's. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It goes into the ground beef. <laughs> <laughs> feed it, feed, oh, uh-oh, one of the Triceratops died. Ah, feed it, feed it to the T-Rex. <laughs> okay, kids, you're going to get a special showing today. Do you guys remember Margaret, the Triceratops? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, and that's in the park. You wouldn't have that, that sick baby in the Cedroceratops that they saved from the, the, the breeding facility, but it's it's going to be well, doing something. The, I believe it was said in the D, DPG report that Rexy ate the, the sick Triceratops. Oh, that, I, yeah, that seems familiar now that you mention it. <laughs> oh weird <laughs> um <laughs> she didn't get uh food poisoning mm, true true <laughs> i did um i did like that that scene with the um that ranch not so much the the babies in the cages but the, the adults out in the out the paddock with all the hay bales and that um again just the animals in our world that's that's something i can recognize real easy and i'd uh, love to see it uh the whole malta stuff this, again, if, if they went a different line, this could have been a, a, a fishing village off Costa Rica where animals are making it to the mainland. But um, it's just, it's weird. This Everyone's mentioned it's it's Indiana Jones, it's Bourne, it's Bond. It just seems like Colin's f- film reel is made to show other studios, yes, I can make other films, give me a Bond to direct mm-hmm. or, or something else. It's We've got to have Owen on a motorbike again, obviously to outrun a Raptor. Claire doing a thing across the roof and a bit of comedy there. The Atrociraptors, they'll fine. It's not going to make me go out and buy the toys from anytime soon. But it was, again, just a continuation of that research and what we got in Fallen Kingdom with the the laser sight. Um, everyone mentioned if the laser sight's on a gun, just use a gun. Well, now it's a bit more inventive where Sonya's got little wrist bracelets that um, seem to be able to bring the Atrociraptors to her and then paint the laser tag on the the targets as well like it, it didn't seem to occur to too many people like like i said here pre in previous in some of the minutes that the gun was just the prototype they're going to develop something different mm. the gun is just an easy way to attach the technology <laughs> <laughs> well yeah all the guns got laser pointers on so of course you're going to use a laser it seems to be just that 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 standard laser pointer that's paying the targets um obviously raptors can see in color and not they're not like dogs and wouldn't be able to see the red dot <laughs> but um well no, cats can see the red dot they can see the green ones too and they chase them up the walls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love doing that um yeah so again it's just a little a little um evolution of what we've seen previously and um it was good to see to see that application for that being used in the film Bison Valley, snow surrounding a lush jungle, uh, yet it's a tinderbox. Although we see all the moss and that hanging from the, the old trees and that. I wasn't a fan of it just combusting when the, the, the locusts <laughs> fell from the sky. Do you, do you realise how many market stalls in Thailand burn down when they go and fry crickets in a wok? Uh, just how combustible they are. They're not. I don't, I don't know how the locusts could fly when they're on fire. 
it looked good. I'll, I'll say that. The, the swarm at night, it looked good busting out of the facility and raining fire down. We needed it for Ian to be heroic um, against Giganotosaurus, but... And it's sort of here, I think COVID happening seemed to have issues on set. The dam, where the plane crashes on the dam, for one, in the novelization, I think it's described as being a mile wide or half a mile wide, where when we see the plane crash in the in the ice, it's probably only 50 foot across. <laughs> it's a, a real <laughs> small set. Even when Owen and uh, Kayla get out and the, the pyraptor comes out from behind a rock, it's just, it's there, it's 20 feet away. And then now they've got to run to the dam, the dam wall. It's not too much further away either. So we know we've seen the sets from like the UK where they filmed that, or the fake the fake snow set they built. Um, mm-hmm. I think COVID COVID affected the film a little bit, but and it was I've, I've seen it in a couple of spots. The HQ building itself again looked better than what we've seen in the trailer. We suspected that it had a river running through the middle of it, but no, those massive gates were like a place of last resort for the animals, which is all fine and well, but if you're having the carnivores and the herbivores all go to that one spot, um, there's this probably going to be trouble. But Yeah, the... that seemed a bit ill-planned out. <laughs> and of course, like you're not fitting everything in that valley in that small little circle. As we see there at the end, there's animals left out of it that, that still survived the fire. Well, how long does it take animals from the, the the far end of the valley to get there? Like, and then they're closing the doors once the last animal's in there. We don't... I don't think we see any screen with tracking. Obviously, the animals have to have some sort of tracking implants so they know where everyone is at any given time mm-hmm. and make sure nothing is trying to escape the valley, even though it's pretty pretty secluded in there. Um, but one thing I did... When we see the doors to the headquarters open for the animals to come in, it looked like a massive like stadium space inside... And even the courtyard on top only only has probably two or three levels of wall around it, so that's a that's a rooftop courtyard area. Yet at the end of the film, next minute we've got the Dreadnoughtosaurus, Giganotosaurus, Ferrazonus, the T Rex. The T Rex goes around the back and scales the cliffs to be able to get behind the waterfall <laughs> to to all end up on top of the the thing. We see Malcolm that out there early when they meet Dodson for the first time. There's no massive door. There's big doors there, but they're not big enough for all these animals to get out of this contained area below and get up there. Just a little bit of geography geography issue. Same with um, when they're rescued or back on the airstrip rescued, um, Grant and that get in the, the helicopter to fly away, and next minute it's flying back over the sanctuary again. And when we see, I think we see the Dreadnoughtus and that in the in the lagoon with all the burnt forest around, and yeah, they've, they've survived, they're, they're still living there. Uh, as the uh, like as the news news broadcast comes back in, but I just yeah, found a couple of little things like that just <laughs> took me out of it. But again, like I'll I'll come to not mind it going into the future. So that's um, that's the Dominion chat. Uh, we won't go too much longer. Um, what does the future hold? Well, we know as we said earlier, Colin said there's a 14 minute longer extended cut that's coming. Uh, like the DVD and online releases, Blu-ray, and that have been earmarked for the end of July. I think I seen the ad a little while ago. That's mm. all coming out there. Um, as I said earlier, after reading novelization, I'm pretty sure I can. We've we've discussed a lot of the scenes that are going to be put back in the film. I know. Who's I talking to? I think I was talking to someone in a chat. They were saying um, Jackie Owens has said he's seen an early version of the uh, the film, 
and it had the it had that um, para wrangling that sort of stuff in it and a lot mm. of the other stuff as well so obviously that stuff was filmed it was was done for the picture but it was removed to uh, to cut some time also Collins threatened fans with a fourth film I don't yes okay we've had the this is the epic conclusion to the the franchise to the story and everything else but I don't think anywhere it said this was going to be a trilogy so I think they've left themselves open if they want to go for a fourth film yeah, they did. That was one of kind of my main problems with this movie is that the ending didn't feel finite. The ending didn't feel like an ending. It felt like, oh, we're just going to, this is just another movie. There's probably going to be more. And at this point, the movie's doing well. It's done very well so far. So I wholly expect more to come, maybe sooner, probably more than later at this, uh, because of how well it's doing. But at the same time, you wanted you marketed this movie as your last big hurrah, but the ending doesn't make it feel like that way. The ending makes it feel kind of like, okay, so here's the end, but there's still a lot more left to story to tell, you know? Well, it ends, it pretty much ends in the same spot as it starts. There's still animals roaming, roaming the world. Exactly. Like there was 20, 20 species that bison had in the valley. They're still going to ship the animals there because it's a secluded area with natural barriers and that sort of stuff. So they're still use, going to use a sanctuary to send animals to. I think I've seen somewhere that there's going to be 50 species in that valley, which the valley didn't seem as big as what Sauna was. But anyway, that's a whole different gripe. Um, if you if you start if you go into a movie into a franchise movie and it starts and ends the same, well, it's really just a side adventure. Yes, you got some character development. Yes, we've got Alan and Ellie back together again. Okay, we, we talked about that earlier. Like, yes, they're going to be friends now. They might get married. I don't know if they will. You sort of get to that age, and marriage probably doesn't really matter anymore. They're definitely not having kids, so that's just fan service. Well, they got a kid. Well, that's just fan service to everything that people hate about Jurassic Park 3, but we didn't know about bias from going into the film. By the end of the film, they're gone again systemic corruption in, at the highest levels apparently as Ramsey says so that's pretty much uh, bias and gone and even Dodson when he's leaving he's saying we can start something else so he's pretty much burnt Bison at that point as well so mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's weird that as the end of the epic story it it doesn't feel like an end it we doesn't can, we can we can easily have more films um Really, the or the Owen and Claire storyline hasn't really ended yet. They've just accepted that they're Maisie's parents, and Maisie's accepted, well, they're looking after me, so we're going to be a family. Which we've had them drive away in the the pickup truck at the end of Fallen Kingdom, so we know they're going to be a family. Again, if we're going, to, if, as you said earlier, if we're just going to have these these new stories, side stories, haunted houses, um, animals in the forest, attacking hunters, whatever else. Um, I look forward to what they've what they've got planned, whether it's TV, whether it's movies, yeah, and all the above. But that's that's it for D- Dominion. I suppose one last thing to discuss before we get out of here. Uh, what's next for Jurassic? Camp Cretaceous is coming out in July. Um, second trailer's dropped. Uh, I was pretty lukewarm on season four. Uh, season four. Like the only reason I'm going to be watching this mainly is just to see what 
what happens with that Barbasol can <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to see what happens. Most of the marketing has been just, the, the again, the end of the story. We've had a lot of back, back shots of uh, the early season one campers in Jurassic mm-hmm. World. It seems like uh, those animals being transported to Mandacorp Island and they've got their chance to either escape or help help the animals. Uh, one good thing, um, the baby Rex seems alive and well, so little little Edie or whatever its name was, so that wasn't left to die in the jungle like we thought. <laughs> so we might get some more uh, T-Rex in the in the cartoon as well. But yeah, it's um it's the next thing to look forward to, and I'll be I'll be watching it nonetheless. Uh, Same here. Yep. I'm not entirely excited for season five at this point. I think I'm more excited just for Grand Cretaceous to be ending. Seasons one through three, I really enjoyed. Season four kind of just dropped off a cliff for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope there's some Dominion tie in this. We we get some stuff in uh, in season four that sort of lends itself and ties into Dominion a little bit. The the implant and that sort of stuff to uh, control the dinosaurs. I did like, I can't recall if it was Ramsey or Dodson. Um, when Grant and Ellie think the implants are a bit cruel, and Dodson says, "Do you know how many how many volts the fences at Jurassic Park had?" and Grant says, "Yes," <laughs> even though he can't remember, or <laughs> um, well, probably doesn't remember, but um, a little funny bit there too. Yeah. Anyway, so that's um that's the Dominion discussion. That's the Jurassic minutes for Jurassic June. We didn't talk about a lot about Jurassic June. I think most of it's been consumed by Dominion um, and some of the the toys that are still coming out but um we will uh we'll rendezvous next month to talk camp Cretaceous season five and uh anything else that's come out in the meantime until then dave all right thanks for joining me and uh we'll get heavy for the week yeah, sounds good all right lovely mm-hmm.